0: Welcome to The PorchCast, the podcast where we talk about being a creative business owner and all the crazy ups and downs that go along with that. I'm your host, Kristen Sweeting, and I can't wait to get started.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to The PorchCast. Today, Kristen is going to be talking to Christina McNeil. And they're going to be discussing finding your unique voice and giving way less Fs in this industry as a creative. And before we get started, I just want to share one of our client wins. Um, we love to celebrate wins in our community as, you know, it doesn't matter if they're big or small. We find that it's really important to celebrate when we have those exciting moments in in our transformation, in our careers. Um, and this one is from a Danger School student. And she says, hi, I just wanted to share that I'm projected to hit a $9,000 month this month. I've doubled my monthly revenue again from just another couple of months ago. So we're so proud of that student from our Danger School community. And we're gonna be talking mid-podcast about how you can join the community as well. So enjoy this episode and we can't wait to hear what you think.
0: Well hello and welcome to the Porchcast. I'm really excited to have my friend Christina McNeil chatting with me today about photography and um, finding your own voice in a oversaturated whatever you want to say. I feel like that term is overused, but finding your own voice and being creative and trusting your intuition in the photography industry so Christina I'm excited you're here thanks for thanks for jumping on I always like look up to your work so much and the way that you um are creative and stay true to yourself and are always trying new things so thanks for being here thank you for having me I'm so excited (laughs) do you want to give a little intro to yourself maybe like where you're at how long you've been doing photography other roads that have led you to where you are right now yeah, sure. Um so, intro to me. I
2: I st- I'm a wedding photographer. I live in San Francisco. I feel like overnight I have all of a sudden become a destination shooter, but the aha moment even just like a couple of days ago was that 2 years ago I that was what I was pushing for. And then I looked at my calendar just recently and I'm like, "Oh my god, I only have two local weddings this year. Everything else is like on the road." But as far as like my path to where I've gotten, I went to school for photography at the Academy of Art in San Francisco. I moved to San Francisco from San Diego when I was 18, actually 19 um, didn't want to be a wedding photographer, had no desire. Like in college, it was like bottom of the barrel. You are made fun of if you're a wedding photographer. And so I shunned it for so long, but pre Pinterest, pre Instagram, pre social media, you know, San Francisco was pretty cool in the two thousands. And, um, I would always have my artwork up in in galleries in the city and in bars, and so I'd get phone calls from folks that were like, "Hey, I really like what you're doing. You want to shoot my wedding?" And I'd be like, "No, I don't want to shoot your wedding." <laughs> so, um, like, I'm making but I, art, but I kept it. Just it kept coming. I wasn't even trying. I wasn't even trying. I wanted to be Annie Leibovitz. I wanted to shoot for Rolling Stone. I wanted to shoot bands backstage. I didn't want to shoot bands playing. I wanted to be in the nitty gritty storytelling, like documentary stuff. And I did do that. I did shoot bands. I think the biggest band I ever shot was Muse. So that was exciting. That's so cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> Being backstage with like Juliette Lewis was crazy. Um, but I, I just started listening to it and just tried it. I had a different name because I was really optically I was always concerned about you know my name Christina McNeil being like one of those photographers that's like I shoot cars I shoot interiors I shoot weddings I shoot food you know that's kind of what school taught you not to do and so I kind of build this side hustle business of shooting weddings um, as a different name and um, I graduated in 2006. Like, what else? Um, I. What was the name? What was your side hustle name? <laughs> it was just my middle name, Christina Diane, um, which makes me cringe <laughs> just saying it. I was talking to my mom the other day and she's like, I love it. And I was like, Ugh, I'm sorry, mom, but when you have your first and middle name, it just sounds really green and I don't like it. I guess that probably sounds really bad. <laughs> So, you know, in college, though, I also worked at two different magazines. And so I was always trying to figure out where my place was in the art world. I knew it had to be something with photography. Um, I think the pivotal change for me in terms of wanting to shoot weddings was, and it's kind of a cool story. I I was shooting for this client. I was hired Um, It was called Shotwell SF and they're no longer around, but it was before Instagram, before influencers. They were like a real life human influencer in the city, like super hipster couple that owned this fashion store. And they hired me to shoot all their web stuff. So I was shooting like products and fashion for their web to sell you know, T-shirts or jewelry or whatever. And they were getting married and they're like, I want you to shoot my wedding. And I was like, I don't really like this. And, you know, the girl, Holly was like, I really, I really want you to pretend like you're not a wedding photographer. And I was like, okay. And she said to me, she was trying to relate to like me being an art student. She's like, why don't you pretend you're shooting a 10 page spread for Nylon Magazine? How would you shoot that? And I said, all right, I'll do that. And I did. And it changed my life because I was like, in that moment, it was like, I can't believe that weddings could actually be this cool. Like, it's from my perspective, it's whatever I want it to be. It's not those cheesy photos where like the groomsmen are holding up the bride. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I always thought of as weddings were like cheese ball 90s posed, boring stuff. So anyway, yeah, that flipped for me. So during like the side hustle movement in my career, I would say as Christina Diane, oh my gosh. And if you Google that, I wonder what comes up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I still like, still wanted to pursue shooting bands and album covers. And I did that. I also was a studio manager for an advertising, two different advertising photographers for four years. And, you know, one shot for HP for printers. And I was like, this is so boring. I hate, I don't care about seven lights and plating and, you know, and his wife shot food and interiors. And I was like, okay, this is prettier. And so I learned all that stuff and I liked it. But then I worked with this other guy who shot lifestyle pharmaceutical stuff. And that was definitely more my jam. But again, weddings still growing on the side, not totally knowing if I'm, do I really want to do this? And then I had an opportunity to work at Snippet and Ink. I kind of met with Catherine on a whim. We, We had lunch and she put a, um, what is it? She, what do you
0: say? You put a bird in my ear? A bug, I don't in, ear. A bug in your ear. A bug in, bug your in ear. my ear, yeah. That's, sorry. Well, can you, for people who don't know, what can you can you tell us what Snippet and Ink is? Oh, yeah. So Snippet and Ink is, is, was a wedding
2: blog. Um, creating weddings with meaning was our tagline. And to be honest with you, in this heyday, it started in 2007 by Catherine. She basically, like... Um, I don't want to say she started Pinterest, but I think that she, she didn't, but she created these inspiration boards and she literally would put nine to 12 images together and create themes. And that is literally how snippet and ink grew. She started maybe three months after style me pretty started and style me pretty started. I don't know if you guys know this, but Abby was a, a, a stationer designer, And then it, yeah. And so it kind of segued to that. And Catherine, you know, started three months after Style Me Pretty, but did her own thing, which was creating these inspiration boards. Um, I would say you could go back and look on the website right now, but it's not working. Trying to fix that. But that's kind of how like how it started. And then you know, before Pinterest, before Instagram, before social media, this what the blogs were the thing. People went to blogs and they were addicted to it just as much as you're addicted to Instagram. And that's kind of how it grew. So in 2013, I started at Snippet and Ink just helping Catherine, because she put a bug in my ear that she needed help because she was pregnant. She hadn't announced that yet. And I left working as an advertising photographer to work at Snippet and Ink. I just started out as an assistant, like helping her. It was just, you know, offloading tasks. Um, I worked for her like three days a week. It was really great. So I can still grow my business on the side, still as Christina Diane, I think at the time. Maybe not. I don't remember. Maybe not. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter. But the thing that happened with snippet and ink that was so unique was that I was so passionate about it and what we did and what we were about. And it just taught me so much about what's actually meaningful and what's actually important about weddings instead of like caring about the superficial stuff. Um, Of course you can get wrapped into pretty details really easily. But um, I, I think that we really tried to care more about why, people are getting married. Um, and on top of having a really, you know, refined, discerning aesthetic and taste level, like our features were really great. And, you know, the best of the best loved us. And it was really part great to be a part of it. And so, you know, I was there for five years and I pretty much created my own, um, job like I pretty much, a lot of people don't know this, but the last like two and a half years that it was around, like I was running it on my own. Catherine was not there. (laughs) So, so yeah, I mean, I have a plethora of knowledge from just, you know, life experiences and different jobs. And right now I'm 100% Hundred percent being a photographer. Well, that's not true. I'm also doing some other like consulting stuff that's fun. But I'm really like driving. Who me, Christina McNeil. Hundred percent. That was a long answer.
0: <laughs> I I love your story, and I love that you flew under the radar as like the editor of Snippet Inc. While running your photography business for so long too. Because I knew you. And I knew Snippet and Ink, and I think it took a while for me to realize you were the same person, um, but I, I did always... it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and why? Why did you do that on purpose? I did it on purpose because it was really important
2: to me to not have favoritism. I didn't want people to think that, oh, just because Christina works for Snippet and Ink, she gets her weddings featured on the blog. And the reality was, is that Catherine and I talked about it and I was very, um, stern. Like if I'm submitting you something, I'm submitting it without my name on it. And I want you to give a yes or no, because that's how, that's how we operated. I actually didn't choose the weddings. She chose them. I filtered through what I thought were the top 10, you know, that week or whatever. And then I'd send them to her and she would say yes or no. And that was it. Um, so I wanted to know morally that it was from my own merit getting on there, not just because I have an in, maybe some other people would have used it differently, but I just, I don't know. Integrity is important to me. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah. And I just, yeah, I didn't want, I just didn't, I don't know. I, I just didn't want people thinking poorly of me. So I'm I'm okay with how I chose to do that.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, and I love that you, um, you know, had these two different perspectives of like didn't want to do weddings, kind of fell into weddings, figured out a different way of doing them, and I feel like Snip and Ink was like that too. Of there were all these places that wedding content was getting pushed out, and Snippet and Ink was very clear about what your values were, what stories you were telling, like how you were being different in the market, and so I. I really wanted to talk about that with you today of just like, how do you be, how are you different in a market that's so concerned with like pushing you into a specific mold? Like how do you help people stay true to themselves and find their own voice? Oh man. How did you do that? You know, how did I do that? It's hard question.
2: Sorry. (laughs) I, I just, I think that I've always been a weirdo. I've always been weird. I've Are you an Aquarius? Been, Are you Aquarius? No, I'm a Taurus. I'm a strong bull. Um, <laughs> I've always just been attracted to the weird, right? I've just always. When I moved to you know San Francisco, for here's a here's a great example of me. I'll give you a, a few examples of how like I think I'm a little bit different than most people. One we came to san francisco when i was 10 years old on a family vacation from san diego i saw a person walking a pig on the street and i said to myself one day i'm moving to san francisco and i'm gonna have a pig and pigs have been my favorite animals haven't had a pig yet but who has three great danes in san francisco this girl you know, and we live in a tiny house and it's great. And we make it work. Every person that sees us on the street. Oh my God, you must live in a mansion. I'm like, yeah, I totally do. (laughs) joking. (laughs) You know, I also got married by Elvis. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I'm married to a man named rabbit, you know, like the animal and people are like, what, you know, it's like, I, this shock value is something that's always been inside of me. You know what I mean? The older I get, the more seasoned I become, the less I care what people think. Of course I used to be afraid. Like, Oh my, you know, there's moments where you're like, Oh my God, should I share this picture? It's a little bit like risky. I don't care. You know, like scroll back on my Instagram right now. I have two beautiful lesbians with their naked butt on my feed I don't <laughs> <Me> care <too. laughs> if you don't like that. You're not for me. Totally. And years ago, I don't think I could have done that as wholly as I do now, you know, and easily as I do now, but now I just don't care. <laughs> you know, I, I've just always gone my own way and it's, it's tapping into my gut. It's tapping into my intuition, like what I'm feeling, what I know that I want, what I know that I can get, you know, and what I can do. I hope that helps. <laughs> like totally. I just, you know, I just kind of, I, I don't know, 2020, uh, everyone has their own experience of 2020. For me, it was a deep dive into understanding me and what I value the most in my life. And I honestly stopped giving a fuck what people thought of me. Literally, and even like friends of mine in the industry are like, "There's something different about you, Christina. What is it?" And I was like, "I don't know. I just stopped caring. I'm, I, I care, of course. I, there's things I care about, but your opinion on me should not have that much value or any value over what I'm doing, you know. And so I just hold on to that, even though it's a, a slower pace, you know. I'm not. I'm not exploding on the scene as other people do really, you know, where I see other people exploding, excuse me, quicker than me. Um, but that's okay. I can do things my own way, my own pace, and I'm happy with it.
0: want to just take a quick break from this episode to invite you to join some of the work that we are doing Um, Behind the scenes to help creative business owners grow their business, we have Danger School, which you are always welcome to join. It's our online course and community for creative business owners, especially if you are hoping to go full time in your business or you're just starting and want some extra support and education. Um, Danger School might be an awesome fit for you. We also have a free Facebook group, Dangerous Creatives, as well as some mini products um, about how to build passive income stream, sales calls, things like that. So definitely check it out at dangerschool.com. In the fall, our application process for our advanced mastermind will be opening. So if that's something you're interested in, make sure you fill out an application um, because we have a wait list going and we would love to see if we are a good fit for working together. So check it all out at dangerschool.com. And we hope that we get to work with you in the future. Well, and my perception is that you're exploding, so, you know, sometimes we're, sometimes our own perception is different. You know, we we see how much work we have to put in behind the scenes and other people don't see that part, you know? Isn't that so
2: funny how like other people perceive you and like on the inside, you're like, no, I'm still like in my quiet little like San Francisco bubble and i my head is down and I'm not, you know, I'm, you know, and then you wake up six months later and you're like, Oh my God,
0: where am I today? Like this is nuts. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think there's something in in you know human psychology or human brains too, where it's just like we're always kind of looking for the next thing. I catch that of like if I had told myself five years ago what I would be doing today, I would be like, oh my gosh! And then you know in the moment we're like so critical of ourselves and feeling discouraged and all totally. that. Well, I I even gave this advice to a
2: friend the other day because she was having some difficulty with something. And I was like, just look at the stair in front of you, not the whole staircase. Like, don't think about the overwhelming part of what you're trying to do. Think about what is happening right now. And, you know, a lot of this knowledge comes from coaching that I have invested in and just self-help to get to feel this way. It just doesn't, you can't just snap your finger and like, okay, I feel this way. You know, there's a lot of like, you know, um, it's, there's just a lot of hard struggles and failures that I've gone through to even like know what I know today. If that makes any sense. Totally. We don't talk about it very much. So,
0: (laughs) you know, I know. I mean, when I'm, when, um, like trying to say what makes a really good photographer. I'm like a million different things, but I think one thing that's not really talked about is the inner work of like understanding yourself, staying true to your own values, like trusting your intuition. That stuff isn't, is not easy. It's hard to trust our own intuition when there's a lot of really loud voices like screaming at you to be a certain way. (laughs) Well, and I think there comes a point though that people respect you more
2: when you are vocal and you are giving your opinion in a respectful way, of course. You know what I mean? But I, I think that I have more respect because of my opinion. Some people may not like me. Some people like me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Again, I don't give a fuck. Like, it is what it is. Like, I'm going to say what I feel because I know when it's going to be right for me, if that makes sense. I'm being a little cryptic probably give you a better example. Um, just, you know, if I'm doing a, like a editorial shoot or something like that, and I'm like, I want it this way. It's because, guess what? It's snippet and ink. I shot so many of those little editorial shoots and I knew what didn't work and what did work. And it's all of that practice to go, I'm not doing that again. And this is why, you know what I mean? Let me just like bulldoze through this a little bit and get there faster. Cause I don't want to make a mistake again, that kind of thing. Um, hopefully that's a good example.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, totally. So I don't know if you have any Any advice on maybe someone that is in the industry, wedding industry, or photography industry, and just, like, struggling to find their own voice? Like, what would you tell someone to do if they're being like, I don't know how to find my own voice. I like all these different editing styles. I love all these different photographers. You know, what would be something you'd encourage them to do?
2: I think, gosh... I'm just trying to think back of like my own voice and where it's come from. And I went to school for photography, right? So we're we're used to going and doing an assignment and then every week being critiqued by a large group of people every week with four different classes, whatever, for 16 weeks straight. blah blah blah. And so I'm already used to that, but it was my peers, honestly, that would help me on top of the teacher that would look at my work and help me find the golden nuggets that I just did inherently. But I didn't, I wasn't strong enough to see that yet. So I, you know, I used the people around me to kind of help me figure out what I was actually really good at, what my magic was. And I didn't really know that my magic was candid Honestly, I didn't. I went to a school where it was cool to be a fashion photographer, but that wasn't my niche. It was literally like a slice of like documentary, candid, photojournalistic blot mixed and portrait work, whatever that in between split second moment. So when I think back at my whole career, I think about those moments where I would be in a room and they'd go, I would look at this photo and it's like this fashion shot. And I'm like, look, I did a fashion shot, guys. And then they'd look at the other stuff that would be like out of focus or candid or a moment And I'm like, you like that one better, you know, but gradually I'd figure it out and go, Oh, I am really good at that. That's me. And so it was always my goal. Like I was always taught in school that you need to have a distinct style. You need to have a stamp. Like you look at this work and you know, right away, Christina McNeil shot that not everyone can say that, right? How many photographers right now can you think of off the top of your head that have that look? David LaChapelle, Annie Leibovitz, Irving Penn, right? Ansel Adams, you you know that's their work. I think more photographers should really work on their own style. Elizabeth Messina. I can spot her work instantly. Not a lot of wedding photographers that I can say that about. You know what I mean? And that's where I'm like, work on you in that way. Like figure out what your secret sauce is. Try, stop trying to emulate somebody else. You know, that's that's but I it doesn't happen overnight. You really have to work at it. You're an artist, you know? It it literally. I went I graduated from college in 2006. You know what I mean? That was a long time ago. I've been working at it and I'm still working at it. Not, no, not every single piece of my work is like, you can tell Christina McNeil shot it, but there are lots that I think that are like, okay, that's so Christina.
0: And I'm very proud of that. So anyway. Totally. Yeah. I think that's really encouraging because I feel like there are so many people who, start a photography business or very early stages of their creative career and they're like I should be here already I should be where Christina is or I should be where so-and-so is and a lot of a lot of defining your style a lot of growth as an artist is slow and intentional and Um, it's like turning your insides out, right? Of like all that deep yucky work of like, what do I love? What don't I love and where all my insecurities and let's bring those out and it'll make you more honest as a photographer, right? (laughs) Totally. Totally. I mean, and I will say
2: like, even now if I'm being totally vulnerable and honest Instagram really does fuck with your head when you're looking at wanting to post a particular image, but knowing, Oh, this isn't going to get as many likes. How do you deal with that? You know? And for me, I ain't perfect. I deal with it too. You know what I mean? Like it, it bums me out when I go, this is the most epic photo. I love it so much. And then it gets no comments, no engagement. And you're like, that shouldn't define my worth, and so even now it's a battle for me to get through that. And I think everyone deals with that. You know what I mean? I, it, I haven't met a single person that doesn't think about that. You know what I mean? I really, I don't. But oh, yeah, you know, we'll hold hands together and work on it. <laughs> <'Cause>, totally. <laughs> but I'm working toward. yeah, I'm working towards just like pushing through that block because I need to, what I've learned too, is when I post the photos that I love, that's when I attract the right kind of clients. You know what I mean? Not trying to be
0: somebody I'm not. Totally. Yeah. I mean, do you want to jump off of that and talk about, um, like attracting in as a way of, of getting clients instead of like, I don't know. Maybe I feel like it either feels like pulling or pushing. Either you're like I am promoting my work, or I am posting what feels really true to me, and I'm drawing people in. Like, what does that look like for you in your career? Uh, I mean,
2: I oh gosh, I I used to, and maybe I'm a minority in this thinking probably unpopular in my opinion, but I used to market my website and my work to planners in a way that I was mostly showing detail photos. You know, I was, I was probably showing 70% detail photos, maybe more because I wanted planners to know, listen, I'm really good at shooting this stuff for you. But at the end of the day, my clients want the photos of them. Sure, they, you know, want a few photos of the flower, or the table setting or whatever that they spend a million dollars on. But at the end of the day, the candid moments, at least my clients care more about that and the family and the people. That's what matters most. And so I've shifted to share more of the moments, which sadly are less popular on Instagram but guess what? I'm attracting the right kind of clients. I was, I was shooting a wedding May 1st and my, um, Nicole, my second shooter, who's I love, she's been with me like six, seven years. She was there with me and she's like, gosh, Christina, you just attract the coolest clients. How do you do it? You know? And I'm just like, it's because of the energy that I showcase and the work that I showcase, that's kind of what you do. So, you know, what you put out there is what you get. It, The law of attraction is real, you know, and even recently I just updated my website and I made some major shifts to really annoy people, but I, you know, like you have to click through each photo and that's totally a different subject, but I wanted to control how people are viewing my work. I want them to feel the photos. I want them to care about that, not just scroll through a huge gallery of thumbnails. I don't want that experience for anybody. So everything has been intentional in terms of that. So yeah, it's it's really how you're presenting your work is what you're going to kind of
0: pull in and attract that. Totally, yeah. And being like, I feel like something I appreciate about you so much is that the confidence in your style and in being yourself and being like, it's okay to, to say something instead of trying to please everyone. It's, it's important to say something that's going to like really speak to people that value these things versus trying to people please your way through your photography business. Well, and that brings up something. Um, Catherine gave me the best
2: advice ever, and I'm not going to name the person, but I had put, a particular planner on a pedestal, right? I want to work for this planner so bad. And I put them on a pedestal like they were absolute perfection. And Catherine said to me, okay, Christina, X, Y, Z shits on a pot just like you do. It doesn't fucking matter. And I was <laughs> like, what a great analogy though. You know what I mean? You think that no one shits on a pot? Everyone does. I know it's probably not the sexiest thing to come out of my mouth that came from (laughs) Catherine, but it helps keep things in perspective. You know, like I, I, like so many people glamorize things that aren't meant to be glamorized, you know, that I don't want to be a part of that narrative at all. Um, and I, I mean, I could, I could dive in deeper with, that whole thought process too, but yeah, like the glam over glamorizing things that are not necessary. I, I want to move away from that.
0: (laughs) I want to hear more about that. What shouldn't we glamorize? What should we glamorize? Cause I have this whole thing too. And I'm kind of in my own, I'm like my own kind of existential crisis of like, what does growth, what does success look like? And rethinking a lot of that myself. So I'm like, okay what do a lot of people think is the pinnacle of, and we'll use wedding photography because we're both wedding photographers, but like, what do people think is the pinnacle? And like, how do you think that's not real? Like, um, you know, you mentioned destination weddings and I'm like, I could tell so many stories of like sitting pumping when I was like, my son was a baby, like in an airport stall on the way to a destination wedding. And just like, <laughs> it's not all exactly what it looks like, but what are some of those things for you? Um, well, I mean,
2: it doesn't really answer your question, but what was popping up for me that I don't like glamorized is I don't want my clients to feel like a wedding feels like a photo shoot. Yeah. Period. End of discussion. Like your wedding day should not feel like a photo shoot. It's not about me. It's not about the planner. It's not about the floor. It's literally about the bride and the groom and their family. And Um, this idea that things have to be so perfectly placed and posed and, you know, um, I, I don't know. It's almost as if I'm getting this reputation that I don't want to shoot details. And it's not that I don't want to shoot details. I want to shoot details in context. I would rather have my bride holding her signature cocktail that she cares about in her hand with her cute little umbrella and cherry than on a bar. You know what I mean? That to me, it just, why does it have to be so perfect? You know what I mean? And I, I we go down, it goes down a rabbit hole of like, you know, oh, the vendors need all the photos, da 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 da. But like, if I'm true to myself and my art and where I came from, from college, it's editorial. You know, editorial to me is storytelling and it's going back to that. Pretend you're shooting a 10-page spread for Nylon Magazine or Vogue. What does that feel like? Look at Vogue and how they showcase their weddings. They don't really focus on details, guys. They focus on the people, the moments. And so that's, I mean, it's a whole can of worms, right? But glamorizing that is not what I'm into anymore. And I do think that there's a shift happening, I do believe that.
0: Yeah. I think so too. I think people in general are becoming more aware and trying to be more present and more. You know, I don't know. I think I think twenty twenty did shake a lot of people up, right?
2: Yeah. Well, and what 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 why I saw like took a deep breath. I didn't sigh. I took a deep breath. <laughs> Is because with Sip it Ink, in two thousand sixteen, we were struggling with where we wanted to go with the company and the blog and what we wanted to do, but our hands were tied because of our business model with our certain advertisers. And we knew we needed to make a 180 shift, but we were too afraid to because of the advertisers. And it and so to me, that was in 2016. Now we're in 2021, five years later. And I'm like, this is the shift that we wanted. We were like, knowing that it needed to happen. And it, I'm telling you, if you think about, if, if anybody is like nerdy and remembers like the trajectory of how it happened, we announced we were stopping or closing the blog down and then Style Me Pretty did right after. And, you know, there was all that drama with AOL and stuff like that. And then I think it just was a, you know, Martha then went down to one issue and, you know, once Wed went away and that, you know what I mean? It was just like everyone was just making the same thing. So anyway, I'm going on a tangent, but I feel like the point is, is um, I do think that there has to be a major shift in how people are thinking. And I I personally want to move away from glamorizing photo shoots at a wedding because it shouldn't feel like that. It should
0: feel a little bit more imperfect, in my opinion, because that's real life. Totally. I agree with you. And I think so much of a wedding photographer's job, or at least um, how I kind of look at my job, is like helping people be present and in the moment because how hard it is to actually encourage people to not have to feel like they have to look perfect or that their wedding day has to be perfect. And I mean, it's, it's across the board in, in how we run businesses, how we show up on a wedding day, how we have relationships, you know, and, and, um, I think that's a really good topic
2: though, is like, how do you build that trust with your clients so they can just let their guard down? You know, that's what, that's what we all want. I think you know what I mean? You have to build that somehow. I've learned even now, and again, another unpopular opinion, but I'm kind of done with eight hour wedding days. I think I need more time. I really do because i'm I feel like what's happened is with eight hours, everything is crunched in, and you have to shoot so much stuff. there's more details, more things that we're missing the story, right? Yeah. I need a cushion a time. So, you know, that's something that I am trying to figure out right now and just go, okay, well, I want at least 10 hours, you know, or how do I move to a model that's just all day coverage, but I'm also getting paid my worth and not like shooting 16 hours because they want me to shoot an after party until two in the morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> so trying to find that balance, but I feel this shift coming and, you know, I'm, I'm like, this is the confidence that comes up. This is what I know I need to get the photos that you want. Trust me, hold my hand. Let's do this together. It's going
0: to be fun. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is the most important part of wedding photography is that relationship and that trust and having that time to tell that story. Um, Totally. I know. I know. I do long wedding days, really long wedding days. That's a Southern thing though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because most people have an exit. So you're like staying through the whole reception, which I know not a lot of, not every place is like that.
2: Well, in California, we can't really have sparklers anymore. So um, the the exits don't happen as much unless there's like a Rolls Royce that's rented or some cool muscle car or whatever. yeah yeah Yeah.
0: but yeah all about those long wedding
2: days (laughs) I know well I I don't know I think I do better with them I I prefer the pace so much better um and maybe 2020 taught me that more just to slow down a little bit more my slower pace helps the bride and groom be in a slower pace so they can actually like enjoy their day and feel it instead of going from one scene to the next, to the next, to the next. I don't want, I don't want anybody to experience that.
0: It sucks. Totally. Yeah. Well, and did you run into that with running a wedding blog of like, how do you tell meaningful stories when the expectation a lot of times when coming to a wedding blog is like, let's see color palettes. Let's see details. You know, like how did you manage those two expectations at the same time? I think for snippet and ink though, our, our,
2: I mean, Catherine obviously started with inspiration boards on our site, but I think what we were really known for was a really well curated story, you know, and sometimes it didn't have details because the story was so incredibly strong. For example, your wedding, you know, with the groom that was in the wheelchair and had cancer, right? Like, I don't think that that, I don't remember a lick of the details in that wedding.
0: There were were
2: no details. It had no, and I, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know when I asked you about,
0: featuring that wedding. You're like, you really want this? Did you say that or am I making it up? I don't think so. Cause I loved it. Yeah. I loved that couple and that story. I think I might've just told you that there weren't there details, details or something. Mm-hmm. Not, not
2: because of the story, but but because there was this preconception that everybody thought we had to have details to get a feature. So the whole point is that we wanted that because of the story. And it was literally one of the most popular wedding posts of all time on our blog because of the story. And that's what people wanted. You know what I mean? Like we were marketing not to vendors on Snippet and Ink. We were marketing to brides and grooms and real couples. You know what I mean? And they connected to that. So, I mean, if anything, that's what Snippet and Ink taught me about what actually matters, not the superficial bullshit. You know, and that's maybe why I'm so discerning and opinionated today because of
0: that. <laughs> you know, I just shared that wedding again. Um, I I love that sweet bride so much, but I just swear I just um, shared it again because I was thinking back to, you know, it's the things that you feel like you can't tell until a few years later, and I'm like, everything, nothing went as planned. The timeline didn't go as planned. Um, the ceremony was supposed to be at sunset it was in the pitch dark instead you know like nothing was perfect um, yeah but it was perfect it's like some of the most emotive photos I've taken it was you know just they loved them so much but I I can see all the photographers freaking out about the light not being there or this thing or that thing and it's like it's okay it's totally that's not what it's about anyways Right.
2: Right. It's like, Oh, I don't have natural light. It's ruined for me, you know? Well, get your flash on and figure out how to make it awesome. But yeah, I mean, I even have my arms. I have like goosebumps because I just remember how powerful that story was, you know, truly. Um, I wish I could go back and look on it. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe we'll get the
0: blog up and running again. I You'll have to tell us when Snippet and Ink is is live again or out of internet jail. Maybe it won't ever be out of internet jail, but <laughs> internet jail. I know. It's um
2: the problem is is that the photos aren't loading on the site. So we're trying to figure out that right now. Um because we get we get emails and messages and people are even finding my own per like Christina McNeil Instagram and messaging me like I'm looking for ceremony content, please help. You know, um because that was also a thing that was huge. We had like full ceremony scripts and stuff. And that, you know, again, here we are doing something that no one else is doing, something that actually matters, you know? Um, and it, you know, obviously it becomes subjective. Like Well, the flowers matter because they're important. The stationery matters. And it does matter. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But I think that people that are hiring me are hiring me for the moments the most. Um, And the details are a bonus.
0: Totally. Yeah. Well, where can we find you? Where can our listeners find your work or connect with you? Oh, ChristinaMcNeil.com. Um, or, you
2: know, it's easier cause no one knows how to spell my last name. There's two L's, Christina, Christina.com. Super easy peasy. I bought that last, a long time ago or at Christina McNeil, um, I can give you my phone number too. I'm just kidding. Do ah. <laughs> <laughs> you share?
0: Will you share your dog's Instagram though? Because I feel like I love living my. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, if you really want to get to know me
2: and my salty attitude, follow my dog's Instagram account because I I don't hold back there. Um, at At Great Danes in the City,
0: plural Great Danes. Um, I have three of them well we'll link them in the show notes too they came to visit us at the porch house and my son just thought your great danes were the best things in the whole world they were the cutest together and we got ice cream together
2: i don't know if you noticed but i wore my franklin t-shirt today oh my gosh i didn't that's
0: amazing (laughs) Well, thank awesome. you so much for being on the porchcast. Um, I'm excited for everyone to connect with you, and we'll link your accounts in the show notes. Um, so make thanks sure. Thanks for check- me. Yeah, make sure you check out Christina and um, and her work. And thanks for being here.
1: Ooh, oh, 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 oh.